Welcome to the Ready, Set, CEO podcast. I'm Melissa Froelich, and I'm deeply passionate about helping women create aligned and sustainable businesses. I'm so glad you're here because that means you are ready to start embracing your leadership role as the CEO of your business. Sustainable business growth starts inside ourselves. Stepping into our CEO role allows us to create strategy that is in alignment for us and our own individual and unique businesses. And when it happens, things finally start to feel right. So let's get started. All right, so today it is my pleasure to get to speak to Amy Nielsen, who really is one of the coolest people that I know in this entrepreneurial space. She was one of my first clients that I had as a certified OBM. But more than that, she was a mentor to me in many ways, a friend and just truly a leader in this industry. And I'm excited for her to share what it looks like in terms of her journey to stepping into her CEO role. I mean, the woman has built an incredible empire from scratch. So if there's anybody that you should pay attention to and take tips from, it's Amy. So with that, Amy, would you just share a little bit about yourself and kind of let the audience get to know you and then we'll dive in. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you. I think you're amazing too. And it's just been, oh, you came into my life at such an important critical time and I needed you. And I've just been so thankful for you ever since. So my business, I, I was a stay-at-home mom for a really long time and had kind of just a weird kind of a weird, really weird growing up, didn't finish school. In fact, I only finished one grade of, of my public education. It was kindergarten and um, just decided to go to college when I was 16 and, and did that. And I ended up getting an accounting degree, but then I became a mom and I really just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so I was for, for a very long time. And then um, I was told that I, I couldn't be a stay-at-home mom anymore and I needed to get a job. And, and I had four kids at home at the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know how that's going to work. Right. And I just wanted to be able to keep doing this dream of, of being home. And so, so I thought, well, maybe if I start a business and work on that, by the time my kids are in school, it won't make sense for me to go to work because I'll be making more money from home. And so that's what I, that was kind of my goal. I'll, I'll just start something and maybe I can just make enough to, you know, that'll be making more than I would be making part-time with this 12 year old accounting degree. Right. And so that was kind of how that started. And yeah, and and I had just had a, a really severe injury to my foot and couldn't walk and started making some products in the middle of the night and just sitting there on the couch, you know, I can't do anything. And uh, and I put them up for sale and they the first one sold within an hour. And I thought, well, that was cool, you know? And so I I kind of kept going with that. And, um, and that's kind of how I got started creating educational products for, for teachers. So let's go back to those early days because I think this is the really fun part. How did you stay in that space of just starting and not getting hung up with the how or doing it perfect? Because I think that that's one thing that you've been exceptionally good at as I've been you know, in your business and just watched you navigate things. You are not somebody who experiences a lot of imposter syndrome and lets that hold you back. So talk a little bit about the how behind that and your approach to just figuring things out as you went. I think that would be inspiring. Like if there's anything that stands out for you. Oh, that's such a good question. Gosh, I don't, I, I think it's something we have to talk our brains into. I think maybe part of it comes from my childhood. I come from a family of 12 kids and it's hard to be the best at, at anything when you're one of 12. So I think I kind of got used to not being the best at things and just having to try anyway. Maybe that's kind of where it came from. I'm not really sure. But when I was starting this, what it, what had happened is that I had been homeschooling a kid that was having some emotional health issues. And we had done some videos and put them up on YouTube. 
and we were just having fun and there was no pressure because we didn't have an audience. I, I might've created a YouTube account so that we could put these videos up, right? Like it was a mess. Just me at my piano and my daughter singing. Well, we put them up and, and ignored it, you know, whatever went on with our lives. And about seven, eight months later, they went hyper viral and I was getting all these notifications, right? And, the, and these teachers were asking for printables for these songs that we had done where you learn your multiplication tables in a matter of minutes. It was it, their magic. And I said, no, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, you have the songs there on YouTube and I'm just going to go on with my life. Right. And, and then, you know, I had these hard things happen and I was, I was literally just sitting up in the middle of the night for three hours with nothing to do. And I thought, well, I literally have nothing better to do. So I'll make them and just try it. And so I just did. And, and you know what, if I had to go do it over again, they're probably a disaster. Like I would do it so differently that the sound was terrible. I have people leaving comments on YouTube. The sound on these is so bad. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but this is what I had. Right. And if I had tried to get all the equipment and, and set up everything, it just never would have happened. And so I think, gosh, you just have to try stuff and you have to mess up. And I, and I tell my kids this all the time too. If you didn't mess up, today, then you probably didn't try enough new things. Like, gosh, the only way you get better at things is by trying it. That's part of the process. So, so if you're not messing up, do more, like try things till you mess up because if you're not, then so, and, and I heard, I think it was Amy Porterfield. I listened um, one time on her podcast was talking about shooting for, um, I think it was like a C plus or something or, or B minus or whatever. And I was like, you know, an obsessively a student. Right. And so I'm like, Oh, what, what we're allowed to do that. Um, but she said, yeah, like if you're always waiting till you have it perfect, then you've waited way too long. So just, just go out and do it. And, and of course you're going to mess up. You should be, if you're not, why not? Like, like make more mistakes. And I've even heard people talking about having a quota of, I need to make this many mistakes per year. And um, if I haven't made this many mistakes per year, then I haven't been trying enough things and, and give yourself a quota. And I, I talked to my kids about that too, so that there's less pressure around messing up. And that's like, oh, good. You just checked one off your list, you know, and, and keep going, make some more. So, so great. I love that reflection back to childhood too. I think there's probably, you know, a lot about that. Like you got okay by figuring things out and kind of being in a survival mo mode, which is, important and you learn to embrace a higher degree of a growth mindset than maybe one of your friends. If we took two people who are, are very, very similar, our childhood can have such a huge impact on how we are conditioned to do things in our adult life. And so I'm a little envious of that. <laughs> because <laughs> I wish I had more of that growth mindset. I really have to work on that. But I think it's so, so interesting because that is one of the things that sets people apart in terms of achieving what's possible to them, right? Trying to perfect everything versus like, mm, I'll try it. Or just like you said, you use what you had available to you and you learned as you went. So, okay. You've got this YouTube channel that is going viral and you don't even really realize it and you're starting to make more printables. And so then TPT teachers pay teachers, that was like the first like platform where you kind of built, we'll say the momentum. Right. And then eventually it's fast forward and you are doing your own thing. So let's talk about that piece of it. And when you started to shift into creating the membership and how like that was next level, like where did that come from? Like, what was that part of the journey like for you and realizing that there was always like more opportunities, but most importantly, I want to highlight this piece. It always, because I don't know if you'll say this, but you probably will for you. It always comes back to loving on your people. Like that is, that's something you say, that is something you do. And something I loved about you instantly, because that's so important in this space. So tell us a little bit about that part of the journey. 
Yeah. You know, I think it goes in phases and steps, which is so interesting, but I think one of the the big changing moments, it kind of grew a little bit and it kind of grew kind of a little bit kind of fast, but um, (laughs) what happened, what happened was a friend of mine was in a really difficult um, situation, needing to get out of an abusive relationship and and needed a little bit of work. And so she had started um, helping me manage my, my Facebook page and some of my social media. And she had taken this course on Facebook from Rachel Miller. And she's like, Oh, I think you should try this. You should look at this. And so I, I went ahead and, um, and took this course and, and started doing Facebook videos again, not great. My husband at the time actually was like, I can't believe this went viral. Your lighting's wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. (laughs) I just, I mean, it was, you know, a disaster apparently, but, um, it went, they, they, they started going, you know, the first one didn't go viral and the second one didn't go viral, but by, by the time third or fourth and, and fifth and sixth, and, and I got to, you know, hundreds of thousands of views and then to, you know, up to, to one that was over 50 million views on Facebook alone. And so my audience grew very, very quickly. And I have this massive audience now on Facebook and people wanting to, to buy my products and do things. And so my, my business just exploded. And, and here I am, a mom at home with little kids still at home. And I'm on my couch with my laptop trying to run what is now a, a company and, and have all these things. And, and when you came in, you know, I, I wasn't even answering my emails <laughs> and responding to comments. I was just so overwhelmed trying to create all the content, trying to do all of, all of the pieces, right. Of this business. And, and so that was a, a big phase of growth uh, the next step that was kind of a big one was Rachel Miller then kind of led me into this course from Stu McLaren that was on memberships. And, and I watched it and I got that really uncomfortable feeling that is like, I need to do this. This is the thing Mm -hmm. I need to do next. And, and it's terrifying. And it's also like exciting and it's, you know, like anxiousness and um, anxiety and excitement are almost the same emotion. There's just a tiny slight difference. And yeah, I feel like, feel like I was kind of feeling both of those. I just knew that was what I needed to do. And so I think every step, this huge, like leaps in growth in my company have come from that just place of, oh my gosh, that feels right. And I know I need mm-hmm. to do it. And it's scary. Kind of like my podcast I just launched. It was, it was so like scary. It was like such a big commitment and, oh my gosh, is anyone going to listen to me? And all these things, like just the fear around that next step, but just knowing, just knowing in your, like in your heart that that was the way to serve your people. And it was the next thing that you needed to do. And, and so I've tried to listen to those and I try to put my heart and soul into it and do the best I can. And I, I feel like that's where my, my kind of my growth has come in phases through the years as I've found the next thing. It's fun to, sit here right now today, because I I do go back to when I first met you and you were never in an office, right? Now you have like (laughs) this beautiful home office and it's all decorated back there, but it was always navigating life as well Mm -hmm. while also building this business. But it's something that I loved. I loved the realness and the, the duality of it all. And that made you very intentional about what you were willing to do and what you weren't willing to do, because there's plenty of people who would have experienced some growth. And then they would have said, oh my gosh, I have to go back and redo all these videos. I have to go back and perfect this thing. And you were like, no, that's good enough. I'm going to keep moving forward. And you're also somebody who has done a really incredible job investing in your growth, meaning what else can I learn? What else is out there? Also your team and realizing that I don't have to do this alone, even though giving up things is really, really hard. (laughs) We had lots of late night conversations about that. (laughs) And 
that's really inspiring is just the realness. But then also to hear you say that it was scary to launch this podcast because I'm like, well, of course you should have a podcast. Like you have so much to share with the world and people love to listen to you. But even with all the success that you've experienced at this point, like it's still scary. It's still scary regardless of where we're at in our journey to do new things, right? And I think that that's that's important to be transparent about that. But that's also it applies to our kids. And so I think that the, again, back to this realness piece, and that's probably one of the big ingredients that has allowed you to experience so much success. And I say that from being behind the scenes in so many different people's businesses and what works and what doesn't. I think when you become too focused on making all the decisions about the business, instead of from a human standpoint, things start to shift in a way that isn't always great. And you've always kept the I'm still a mom at heart, right? My kids come first and it's okay if this thing didn't happen yet because I I have time. Okay, we have the podcast. You have this really exciting um, play-based reading program. Talk about like now. So fast forward to this stage of, of business in your journey. And what are some things that you're having fun exploring and creating? I mean, we were chatting a little bit before the show about some really cool people that you get to talk to and interview. And just where this this business has evolved into and where it's brought you and like what's possible today and what you're creating and exploring. Oh, it's just amazing. Um, the opportunities that come when you, when you care about what you do and you try to serve people. And so everything from, you know, the messages we get every day from, from homeschool moms or from, you know, preschools, teachers all over the world, right. From someone trying to start a preschool in Pakistan, to homeschool moms in Indonesia and, and from all over the United States and, and, and just countries all over. And, and we get to talk to those people and it's, it's magical. It's amazing to, to feel like a part of just this worldwide community trying to, to love and educate children. So I, that, that piece is really beautiful. The podcast, it's just something that I felt like, you know, we've created all these, these incredible resources. The play-based reading program is changing lives. And that's kind of like my origin story from back, you know, when I was 18 years old and trying to teach kids how to read. And I made a kindergartner cry because, you know, he just, um, I told him we couldn't play anymore until he read at least this one page. Right. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm employed by this program to teach him to read. And, and he just wanted to play and not read and cause he hated it. And he looks up at me with these huge tears in his eyes. And he says, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> and I was crushed. And I thought, oh, reading should not be this painful. It's something I love so much. And so I've been very passionate about reading for a long time. And, and so combining the science of, of reading and, and how the systematic phonics prepares kids for that um, with the play and how we know children's brains work and, and just being able to bring those two things together is just incredible. And, and so we're seeing the magic of that. And that's been amazing. And I love providing these resources, right. That are, that are in classrooms all over the world and homes all over the world. But I just felt like, I felt like there's more, right. There's more than just teaching children the alphabet and teaching them to read and teaching them to do math and making it fun. That's important. But what about their social emotional health? What about teaching them resilience? What about meeting their emotional needs? And also going beyond that, how are we meeting those needs of the moms and the teachers? Because so much I'm learning of, of us being able to help children with those things is being able to learn them ourselves. And, and we just weren't taught a lot of this stuff. I wasn't. And I think a lot of other people weren't. And so I'm, I'm learning it now is, you know, almost 40 years old. Right. <laughs> um, and so 
I wanted to bring that to people and empower them with that information because I've spent so much time studying that to help my own children and, and be, be prepared enough to help them. And so I had been listening to all these podcasts from psychologists and life coaches and, um, and neuroscientists and all these things. And I, I thought, my gosh, what if we could arm moms and parents and teachers and things with this, it, it could change the world. And so I thought, I want to do that. And I also kind of really wanted to go back to school and get my psychology degree. And I can't because, you know, my life just, just doesn't fit that right now. <laughs> so I thought, well, here's, here's my compromise. If I do a podcast, I can bring all these people on and ask them whatever questions I want and do it one-on-one and, and get to talk to these New York times, bestselling authors and all this stuff and ask them all my questions and learn what I want to learn, but also be able to help them and promoting whatever it is that they're doing, and then be able to give it for free to all of our audience, our listeners, and be able to share this information and, and do it. We try to keep our episodes like between 15 and, you know, 20, 25 minutes and just keep them really short so that, so that it's so easily available. It's not heavy. It's just on our level, but they're life-changing things. And what's so interesting, I had a play therapist on recently on an episode talking about how they use play therapy to help children with anxiety. And it was fascinating. And then she was talking about how you take these things from, you know, all of the education experience she has as a play therapist and be able to use it in your own home or in your own classroom. It was magical. And then she said, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and she's like, I've been learning so much. And I just was blown away for a minute because I thought, oh my word, like someone with, you know, the level of education she has and the level of experience she has is learning something from this podcast. And yet it's so also within reach of me who've never, you know, has never been to a psychology, you know, don't have a psychology degree or whatever. And anyway, it's just so perfect for everyone. And I, I just thought that was really powerful. So fun. Well, I love a couple of things that you mentioned, like you're, you're keeping something that is really potent and high level at a digestible level for people, right? It's like, oh, we could talk for hours about any of these topics, but like, what can moms actually consume right now? Right. As a mom myself, yeah, 20 minutes sounds about, about right. Also as somebody who probably hasn't taken the time to listen to a podcast in two months, which now I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to binge this podcast, right? As I'm, (laughs) my brain is firing because I will tell you that you have impacted my approach to parenting so much. Like when, when we started working together, Ellie was maybe nine months old, maybe just a year. And just listening to the way that you talked about your approach to parenting and educating your kids, it was really, really impactful to me. And truly today, this morning, we were working on reading and and we're homeschooling and we do a homeschool co-op. And I just have really taken the approach of letting learning be fun. And I don't push it, which as somebody who is a trained educator. I taught high school and college, and there's that tendency to push and make everything happen. And I've gone a totally different direction. And it's, it's beautiful to watch it work because she was having fun reading a book about leprechauns. And I mean, she thinks that she's reading already and really she's just starting to recognize words, which I'm like, I know that that's a win because I know that that's a big piece of what you teach. But most importantly, she wasn't frustrated. She was having fun. And she definitely has a personality that she'll get quickly frustrated. So my challenge is always, how can I make this more fun? And so I just wanted you to know that like you had a big impact of how like I'm showing up as a parent today. And so if you are listening to this for the first time, like you need to consume anything and everything, even the old videos, I'm going to go back now and watch your (laughs) old videos on YouTube. 
But I mean, truly it's, it's amazing because if we didn't share any of this today and you just came and talked about your approach, like you would, anyone would assume that you have like multiple PhDs in what you do because your brain is just really, really special how it works. And so it's such a blessing that you are getting to share this with the world, but then you're also like this big hearted woman. Who's like, how do I also bring in all the other good people and change the world like collectively. Right. And that's been a big part of what sets you apart, I think, is you aren't on this quest to, I'm going to be the only person who is like the best in my lane. It's like, how can I bring in all the best people to also support this? And you have a very collaborative approach to everything you do. So talk a little bit about that and how leaning into learning from other people impacted your journey, because I think that that's also something that I noticed was different about you compared to a lot of other people. Like you were always going to events and being in the space with other people. So, I mean, maybe there is a fun story or something about just being in the room with someone, how that sparked an idea of a venture in your business or something, the power of collaboration. That's what I'd like to explore. You know, it is so interesting how much that has impacted. And I feel like so many of the jumps I've made in my business have been the result of a conversation or a comment somebody made. So here's what I I would say. I would say, first of all, when you get to, you, you probably could benefit from coaching or programs earlier than, than you maybe think you're quite ready. They're, they're so helpful. And, and I'm not a big person of, you know, go into massive debt to like get coaching that you're not ready for. Right. But I have found them so helpful. And I started very early taking these courses, starting with that first one with Rachel Miller, and then going on and on. And I invest every year into my education um, with different programs and different different new growth opportunities for my business and have participated in masterminds and things like that. And, and try to surround myself or put myself in the room with, with other people who are smart and just have really good ideas. And it has changed everything, right? Um, one, For example, I was in Toronto once at a, at a conference and sitting on a ferry boat um, and we got stuck and it was like this miserable get stuck on a ferry for for two hours situation that could have been awful, right? And I happened to meet someone who came into my life at that time and, and completely changed my business and helped me launch a program called Mommy Me Preschool. It was our, our kind of a homeschool preschool, play-based preschool program that ended up being a million dollar product within the first year. It, it, was, it was an incredible program. Just one of those life-changing things. It's just so cool that we could we could help people in that way. And and good for my business too, right? Which I'm all about win, win, wins, right? So that was just one example, but there's been so many that, you know, I just, yeah, happened to be in a conversation with a group and was talking about something really hard going on with one of my daughters that's having a significant health issues and was just feeling so overwhelmed. And, and it was right at that beginning growth period of, of my business. And I, I think it was right before you came into my life actually. And, mm-hmm. and just shutting down, like, I can't, I, I have to just focus on my child right now and I can't run my business and I, everything was going to collapse and fall. And, and they said, well, why don't you just do this? And they had just some simple idea for an automation for my membership. And so I implemented it and my membership grew and grew and grew as I was actually working less and less because this child needed so much care at the time. So just little things like that. I think ego can become such a a problem. And I think Mm -hmm. ego becomes an issue when we're comparing ourselves against other people and finding ourselves less than. And I think instead of that, when we notice that people are better at us than something, instead of being threatened by that, we just say, oh, awesome. I want to learn from you. And, and instead of, yeah, instead of trying to feel threatened by it, you just learn. And then every person that you see is really good at something. And, and this is something I actually learned from my dad. 
And he told me when I was younger, he said, every person is an expert at something. And if you just ask them about it, chances are they're going to tell you all about it because they're excited about it. And then they're, they, they want to share. They love sharing what they're, what they're good at. And so just, it's so neat because you just walk through the world then seeing the good in everyone. And, and they notice that you're noticing the good in them and what they're good at, and they want to share it with you. And it's beautiful. And so that's something I try to pull both into my personal life and into my business life. And it's been a gift because I'm constantly learning from amazing people. So there's so, so much goodness in there again, like so much growth mindset approach. And I think it's such a good reminder to all of us that that's what we have to lean into more and more and more because Scarcity mindset is going to show up. It's going to show up at higher levels in different areas for some of us versus others, but it's not good or bad. You're not right or wrong for experiencing it, but how can you be aware of it and then shift into a space of like, wow, how exciting, right? Just when when you're triggered by something, noticing that and then shifting it into a different approach, super valuable, super small tactic that will pay big, big dividends. So let's talk a little bit about the challenges of entrepreneurship, because I think that is inspiring to hear from somebody like you, who's been incredibly successful when things have been hard, when things have been challenging, maybe you wanted to burn it all down, right? You alluded to a couple things like it's normal. We're all going to experience that. Like how, where do you go? What do you lean into to keep going, right? What has been a thing or some things, whether it's mindset, whether it's a, a habit, a practice, how do you push through when it feels suffocating? Oh, I think that's such a good question. I think I would say that sometimes you need a break. And there have been times when I'm like, the very best thing I can do for my business today is take a nap. Mm. <laughs> that has like literally been a conversation I've had with myself. And I there have been days when I've had to do that. I don't get to do that very often, but there's been days when that's what I've decided. I think another thing too, is that I, I've tried the burnout option and it wasn't a great option. And so I learned um, again at a mastermind, different one from someone that I admire very much, another business owner, friend of mine about building um, a business based on the life that I wanted to have. She had recommended a book to me called Profit First and um, a really great book, but but building, kind of really focusing on building this business around what I really wanted. And, and I think you there's this pressure to just grow and grow and grow. And everybody's posting, you know, how great they are and how much their businesses have grown and they've done this and that, and I have this many followers or I make this much money or whatever, right? And instead of all of that, focusing on what it is you actually want and, and then building towards that, because those are not always the same things. And, and I realized I didn't want just a massive business with a team of 25, 30 people. That wasn't what my goal was. And so, so I, I think focusing on, you know, having your business serve, serve you, you're wanting to serve your people, but you also want your business to not be something that controls and runs you. You want to have it be serving your life. And so I've tried to build my business in that with that shape and, and done that. And then there's times when I get bored, I, I have a personality where I do something for a little bit and then I get bored and I'm like, Oh, I need, this is, this is feeling a little old and stale and, and you get frustrated or it just feels monotonous or it's hard or all those things. And, and just hard doesn't scare me too much. I can push through hard, but needing to switch things up. And, and so I try to go back to things that, that are bringing me joy 
at the moment, things that I care about and I'm passionate about, and then find a way to serve my people with that. How does this relate to my people? And how can I do something with this that matters to my people? So for example, the podcast, I was learning so much about the brain and spending so much time. I, I listened to um, the only way to make doing a stair climber tolerable in the morning is to, you know, listen to a podcast and play Sudoku and do the stair climber at the same time. <laughs> this, is, this is my strategy. It works. Right. And so I was listening to all these amazing books and podcasts and and it was stuff I was really passionate about, you know, and, and I couldn't go and just go back to school right now. And so I found a way to, to incorporate that in with what I was already doing and a way to serve the people that I was trying to serve and, and also serve myself. And I think so often there's ways to do both at the same time. So I'm serving my family. I'm serving my team. I'm serving the people in my community and audience and I get to do things for me too. And so I look for opportunities like that instead of just saying, well, I have to work, you know, I think, well, how can I how can I combine things that I love in what I'm doing? And I think it keeps me fresh and passionate and, mm-hmm. and brings so much intention and purpose into what I do. Yeah. And, and you don't just have to go start an all new business, like find a way to serve the people you already have with what you're currently excited and passionate about. I love that because I think that that is something that I see so many people do. They get bored, they get burnt out, they get whatever. And it's like, I've got to go do something new instead of how can I bring a new twist into what already exists. So yeah, that is, that's great advice. Um, (laughs) All right. So we could talk for literally hours. I, I feel like you have so many nuggets of wisdom to share just with my audience alone that would be inspiring. But one of the things that I want to ask before we wrap up today is what would you say to somebody who didn't believe that greatness was possible for themselves. Like they, they were having a hard time actually believing that like big, big, big things are possible. Because I think that if we went back to the beginning stages of your business and said, Hey, Amy, this is a success that you're going to experience. Like, would your brain have been able to calibrate with that? Right. You maybe, maybe so like you just have that ability, but I find that a lot of women, they, they want to believe that, you know, success is possible for them, but they can't actually do it. They're like in this place of I'm trying all the things, but I can only see 10 feet in front of myself. Like how would you inspire somebody to kind of lift up their vision and, and start to believe that bigger things than they ever imagined could be possible? I know that's a hard one. Well, I would say for one, what is the thought that you're having that says you can't right? So it's just a thought either way. Um, I was in Florida recently at a conference and um, Brooke Castillo was on the stage and she gave the best analogy and I'm obsessed with it. So I'm, I'm sharing it with everyone now. She said, I like to try on thoughts like clothes and she loves clothes. And she's like, I just go in and I'm like, oh, that's pretty, you know, and I'm going to try that on. And, and she's like, I try it on and sometimes it doesn't look quite like we thought it did. <laughs> and we could take it off and try on something else. And and so I love this idea that thoughts are just, you just try them on. And, and if you don't like the way that one feels, you can try on a different one. And it doesn't mean that any of them are true or false. They're, they're just thoughts. And so, so the thought that, you know, I can't do this or I'm not good enough, or this won't work for me. It's, it's a thought. Do you like that thought? Does it feel awesome? And, and if not, then why would you stay with that one? Try on a different one. So I love that idea to just kind of free it up and make it kind of playful. Um, we don't have to take our thoughts as seriously, I think, as we, we often do. The second thing I would say is that I didn't start out dreaming of, you know, creating a million dollar business or a multi-million dollar business, right? That was not my intention. It wasn't my goal. It wasn't, I don't even know if I wanted it at the time when I started, I might've been too scared to even do it because it was so different from the life I had planned for myself. So I don't even know if you have to look 
that far into the future to start, just, just start something. And here's, here's, what's interesting where I started looks kind of a lot different than where I am right now. And I, I had started a, a princess dress store before that, you know, and had been doing that for years and years before it made essentially no money. And I just did it for a long time. And, and I got to spend a lot of time learning from something that just, you know, was never going to really be super successful, partly because I just didn't care about it. And it wasn't really my passion. Um, I was doing it for someone else and that's okay. But, um, I learned, I learned so much. And then when I was ready and I found the thing I was passionate about, it, it was just part of my journey. So maybe don't be so attached to the result of what you're doing tomorrow and just recognize that you're doing something because you're starting on the journey of, of your story. That's going to become something down the road that you don't even know yet and, and can't imagine yet. And just start and just, and just go into it with such an openness of just, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to chart, I'm going to start here and I'll learn some things and then we'll see what happens next. And, and then I'll learn some things there and try some more things. And, and you just, you, you, you become what you are through, through creating and through like this process and thank goodness, because my gosh, I'm really glad I I didn't end up with what I thought I started, you know, wanted when I started. <laughs> Um, what I have is so much better. And and it's because you just have to be open to it and be ready to evolve and, and, and maybe have some fun and learn in the process. Well, that was about a million times more inspiring than I could have ever hoped. So <laughs> that was <laughs> incredible. So I know, I know my audience and I know that they're listening to this and they're like, where can I find more of this woman? So aside from the podcast, right, we have planning playtime, the membership, what else do you have for moms right now, people who are just like, I want all the things that Amy's ever touched and created. Like, (laughs) what are you working on? How can people find you? Like, what are, what are the ways that we can consume more of your brain? Oh, that's so fun. Okay. Well, we have some really fun things coming up. We're working on this year. And, um, and I would just say, come over and, and listen to the podcast. I think it's just one of the coolest things that I've I've been able to create in a long time. So that's just such a highlight. And then the reading program, I'm so proud of. It's just such a work of love and something um, that's just so full circle for me um, because I feel like if we can teach children to read, it opens up their world. And it's, it's just so powerful and it's just game-changing. So I'm hugely passionate about that. If you have a preschool at home, we do have our Mommy and Me preschool program that I'm also very excited about because it focuses so much on on your relationship with your child and builds that at the same time as, as, as giving them this incredible introduction to, to education and what learning can look like. And it's incredibly powerful and helps build their database in their back of the brain that they need for making all those connections later and just sets them up for something so incredible and amazing. So I'm so proud of those programs. We do have a membership as well. We have lots of options, but just come over and, and come start chatting with us and, and listen to the podcast and be a part of our community. We have a a massive email group and our open rates are, are over 50% right now on our email list because people just, it's kind of amazing. And and we have several hundred thousand people on our email list. So it's, it's something we're really proud of that people like talking to us. And we just, we have such a, a community of, of love and closeness and passion around children and education. And, and we're so proud of it. And we've tried to create that just really inclusive and, and love-based environment in our community. And so come hang out with us. We're cool. And we'd love to have you. <laughs> you guys are incredibly cool. And I can say firsthand, like it's a, it's a real team, a small team of incredible humans. Right. And that's, what's so cool. Like, despite the fact that you have experienced incredible success it hasn't changed the core of loving on your people. And I think that that is just something in itself to be so, so proud of. So 
Amy, thank thank you. you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and inspiration and insight with us today. We're going to have all of the links to everything, all of the ways that you can hang out with Amy and consume all of her goodness. So please, please, if, if you haven't yet go follow along because you will not be disappointed. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. This has been just a full circle incredible experience to be able to interview you on this podcast from clear back. I remember I'm I'm in Florida now, but when we first started working together, I was in Las Vegas and I just remember all of the experiences and all of the late night conversations. And it was just so inspiring and transformational and an incredible gift to be witness to what you were building and now to be able to see what you have built along the way. So I just can't wait to see in five years what <laughs> what you end up doing. You are changing the world. So thank you so thank much you. for sharing your time with us today. Thank you. And thank you for having me on and for being such an important part of my journey. I, I will be forever grateful to you for, for being a part of that and being a mentor to me. Mm. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. It was truly a pleasure to spend time with you. If you're not already part of our free community on Facebook, please join me inside of the Uplevel Lounge. You can also check out melissafrolick.com or follow along on Instagram, melissafrolick underscore biz to find out the most current ways that I can support you in stepping further into your CEO role right now.